We've all been hurt. We all have scars. And through a relationship with Jesus Christ, we can all overcome and we can all be healed. Welcome to Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. Hey everybody and welcome. Welcome back to the sanctuary. So today we're going to dive into the word pretty quickly and I'm not going to say too much about what we're studying right out the gate. Um, it will become very self-evident here fairly quickly. All right, and, and there's a reason for that. See, um, we're going to walk down this path together, and I don't want anyone to get ahead of themselves with the assumption that they know where we're headed. All right, so for those of you who do follow along in your Bible, uh, go ahead and open up to the book of Numbers, and we're going to go to chapter 22 and look at verses 18 through 34. Uh, those of you who take notes, so you can refer to it later. Um, it, again, that's going to be Numbers chapter 22, and we're looking at verses 18 through 34, uh, a little bit of a large section of uh, Scripture. All right, uh, so Numbers 22, 18 through 34, picking up in uh, verse 18, the Bible says, But Balaam answered them, even if Balak gave me all the silver and gold in his uh, palace, I could not do anything great or small to go beyond the command of the Lord my God. Now, spend the night here so that I can figure out or can find out what else the Lord will tell me. That night, God came to Balaam and said, Since these men have come to summon you, go with them. But do only what I tell you. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in hand, it turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam. And he was angry and beat it with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and it said to Balaam, What have I done to, uh, to you to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answered the donkey, You have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey? which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. 
So he bowed down low and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If it had not turned away, I certainly would have killed you by now, but I would have spared it. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you were displeased, I will go back. So, first of all, I know someone sitting out there and going, Really? A talking donkey? Are you serious? When did we start talking about Shrek? Let me say yes and yes. Um, you know, uh, first of all, you know, if you've ever had a pet, you know they can communicate quite well. You know, they, you walk in the door and they're excited to see you. Uh, you know, they want their food, so they start making a ruckus or they need outside. And you don't have a doggy door installed, so they start pawing at the door, um, you know, or whining or whatever. You know, it's 3 a.m. and they feel like you've had enough sleep. So they start running back and forth across the house doing zoomies, you know, or meowing or barking or whatever, etc., etc., on and on. Uh, they, you know, uh, they have these ways of communicating. Uh, you know, you raise your hand to them and they went, you know, you think about it, uh, you know, even if you, you know, you're not, you're not even raising it, you know, to hurt them. Like you're just going to rub them behind the ear or something and they'll kind of wince a little bit. Uh, you know, if, if I were to walk up uh, to you and I were to raise my hand in a, in a fairly quick motion, you'd flinch too. You know, I'd have flinched. All, it's, it's human nature. We all do it. You know, oh, I know not that tough guy that's sitting out there, you know, whatever. Um, you know, the. Uh, the the point is, you know, the the communication is there. Animals have a wonderful way of communicating their needs to us. Um, you know, if they're not feeling well, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Um, could, could the donkey talk? Absolutely. You know, some things are meant to be taken literal in the Bible, some things metaphorically. Um, beyond that, you know, if the Lord says, hey, this donkey's going to talk, that talk, that donkey's going to talk. What the Lord wants, the Lord gets, uh, point blank. Um, now, uh, one thing I want you to notice here, which makes me feel, you know, I, I could be wrong, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think that this is something that we necessarily have to take in the literal sense. It's more of the metaphorical, you know, as a, like our own pets talk to us. Because I don't know about you, but if a donkey were to just suddenly start talking to me, especially if it sounded like Eddie Murphy, I'd be like, whoa, 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 what's going Okay, it's time for an exorcism. What's going on? Uh, demon be gone? No. Uh, this is not okay. This is not normal. Uh, but that's not what happened here. It just turned into a casual conversation, you know? Um, so uh, the, po the point that I'm making here, though, is that even just in this travel um, and with what the donkey was doing, you know, we all set up walls and we all set up barriers in our life. Um, and, that, and that's kind of the point of where, where we're headed today. Um, you know, we, we set up walls, we set up barriers to keep people out, and more importantly, to try to protect ourselves. You know, veterans, first responders, healthcare workers in particular are probably better at it than anyone. Because um, let's face it, um, some of the things that, uh, you know, have to be done, some of the things that have to be seen and dealt with are just, um, they're horrifying. You know, they're horrible. 
Um, they're unfortunate, sad, they're depressing, you know. So th- those barriers start coming up. Um, and it, it's human nature. And, and you know, just a, a fine, you know, I'll give you an example just from my own life. Uh, you know, as you know, I, I'm a veteran. I spent a lot of time overseas. I deployed uh, for enduring freedom. Um, I came home, and it's it was not quite what I remembered. Um, my my barriers and my walls were up. My you know I was on alert for you know a while because um, I was uncomfortable with where I was, and you know and I wasn't quite sure how to deal with it, and so. When I went out looking for a home church, um, you know, I went to a few places and very rarely did I ever make it through a full service. Um, you know, I try, but, I, you know, I just, I wasn't comfortable, uh, you know, and uh, I finally, I found this church and I went in and I'm, you know, I could see the, the comings and the goings. Um, I, I know where my entrances are. I know where my exits are. I know what's happening around me. It's very crowded, though. And I look up, and I realize there's a balcony above us, and nobody sits up there, ever. So I take a little stroll. I go up the stairs. I go to open the door to go out into this balcony, and it's locked. So I wait. Uh, matter of fact, you know, I had, I had family there too, um, with me and we waited and we went and talked to the, to the senior pastor and, you know, Hey, is there a reason why this is locked when people don't go up there? Is it a safety thing? What's going on? Explain my situation. And, you know, the Lord provided, um, and they said, Hey, yeah, if you want to sit up there, go for it. If it's locked, um, you know, go and get up with this person or that person and they'll be more than happy to unlock it for you. Um, and, you know, um, I'll let them know to expect it. And so that's what I did. And I sat up there for years on my own little perch, um, before I finally came down and, and got comfortable again and, and truly started serving, uh, you know, in the church, uh, you know, and following and following my calling and listening to what I was being called to do. You know, um, so we all set up these walls. We all set up these barriers, um, you know, and unfortunately, in the process, we spread a lot of garbage. We're so prideful and we're so gung ho with our stories and our tales, who we are, where we've been, what we've done, when we did it, that much like Balaam, we're blinded by ourselves. You heard me right. You know, we we put the we put the blinders on ourselves, you know, um, and, and to make matters worse here, when we're looking at Balaam, he had a really bad attitude and he was greedy. This is what angered um, God. See, he said he wouldn't go against God for the money, yet he was already giving into temptation. And, and because he was blinded by his own greed and his own attitudes um, and everything, he couldn't see that God was there trying to stop him. Here he is with his donkey. The donkey sees the obstacles. The donkey is trying to protect him. However, Balaam's here, and he's the one who's being a jackass. You know, uh, just like Balaam, when we do these things, 
we're being a jackass. We know what God wants from us. We know what God expects from us. Yet, we get blinded by the walls and the barriers that we build ourselves. Sometimes, like in my case, and I know in several other people's cases, you know, we're trying to protect ourselves. Other times, such as here with the Balaam, it's our own ambition that gets in the way. We're blinded by our own goals. Looking back at verse 27, we can see how the donkey was behaving. And to put some perspective here, donkeys were the all-terrain vehicles of that day. You know, they were the SUVs. Unlike a Ford, they were very dependable. Which helps us to see why Balaam got so angry when suddenly it wouldn't move and it's veering off course and doing all these things. You know, uh, old reliable isn't working, you know, it's acting kind of funny. What's going on here? You know, it's, it's kind of like uh, that microwave that you've had for the last 20 years that, you know, one day just up and stops working. You know, um, and what do we do? Like in the case of like a, you know, a microwave or a computer or a cell phone or TV or whatever. Well, we get frustrated and we beat on it. You know, it's like, turn it on. You know, it's like, do this, do that, open it, close it, whatever. Um, turn it on, turn it off, uh, unplug it, plug it back in, bang on the side, bang on the top, bang on the front, bang on the back. Um, very much like Balaam was doing with this poor donkey. Now, it is frustrating. That donkey saved Balaam's life. He was looking out for his master. Yet, in the process of doing so, he really made Balaam look like a total idiot. A moron. You know? So he, so what happened? Balaam lashed out at the donkey. And just like him, when we're frustrated and we're struggling with these obstacles in our life, we tend to lash out at people that we shouldn't when we're embarrassed our you know and our, our, our or our pride gets in the way we allow that hurt to justify our own actions in hurting others now we may not mean for it to we may not mean to be hurting other people yet when we get embarrassed you know or our pride gets bruised and our you know our, our ego swells we we don't pay attention to the things that we should. Our our tunnel vision gets the best of us. We lose control of what we should. You know, don't let your bruised ego allow you to hurt others. Um, you know, we we need to realize that when we lash out, that's the sign that something is wrong within us. Uh, you know, uh, those of you who are parents, you know, or in positions where you take care of kids or deal with kids, um, you know, especially. Uh, you know, you'll recognize it, especially with teenagers, you know, uh, they, they, they have that angst and they get, they're quick to anger, you know, and, and what do they do? They lash out, especially, you know, at, you know, at home, or if it's because something's at home, maybe they're lashing out at school or somewhere else, you know, and, and it's the same thing. It's because something is wrong and it needs to be healed. So don't let your hurt turn you into a jackass. All right. With that said, that actually brings me to my next point. Remember earlier, I said, uh, you know, I said something about spreading a lot of garbage. So let's take a look at that. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 23. And we're going to be looking at verses 12 through 14. So in Deuteronomy 23, verses, four, um, sorry, verses 12 through 14, 
the Bible says. Oh, you're going to love this. Designate a place outside the camp where you can go to relieve yourself. As part of your equipment, have something to dig with. And when you relieve yourself, dig a hole and cover up your excrement. For the Lord, your God, moves about in your camp to protect you and to deliver your enemies to you. Your camp must be holy so that he will not see among you anything indecent and turn away from you. Let there be no confusion here. God does not want to walk in our poo. All right. Bet you didn't know that there is a place in the Bible where it actually uh, has instructions for um, dealing with, you know, your, your, your waste. It's just like camping or in the military, you know, where we have our straddle troughs when we're out doing certain field exercises, or if, you know, we're, we're working in an area where, um, you know, the, the CVs or, you know, whoever haven't been able to come out and actually install proper equipment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, th- this goes back, you know, all the way to here. Um, and even beyond that, you know, there's, there's always been a need to, to deal with waste. Uh, but like I said, you know, God does not want to walk in our waste. You know, just like any other, just like any parent, he expects us to clean up our mess. All right. Well, that, you know, and you think about it, what's one of the big things everyone does when they know they're going to have company over? They clean. They're doing dishes. They're taking out the trash. They're cleaning up after animals. You know, yelling at the kids, pick up your room, get the Legos off the floor. You know, uh, that includes the garbage that we spread in stroking our own egos. Those bits and pieces and tidbits of pride that we just leave all over the place. Nobody likes a messy house. Not even God. Not even God. All right. So, you you know, in Acts chapter 7, verse 33, the Bible says, then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. It's just like the study that we just did on, on the book of Haggai. We need to make sure that we're taking care of the Lord's house. You know, not just leaving our stuff all over. Just because we give him our troubles, you know, and we can take so much to him, you know, our pain, our weaknesses and everything, and we can leave it at his feet. Uh, for him to deal with, it doesn't mean that we have free reign, you know, uh, to just go in and do whatever we want when we're in his presence. We don't have the right um, granted to us or the entitlement uh, to go in and just dump all of our, all the rest of our stuff just all over. Absolutely not. You know, and, and you know, where am I going with this? Well, think about it. You know, as Christians, we're supposed to be loving, merciful, to show his grace. Yet we're also the ones who can be filled with the most hate and discontent towards our fellow man. You know, is that, is that Christianly? Is that, you know, what God wants? No. You know, one, one minute we're out here and we're loving on one neighbor, you know, and we're praising the Lord, you know, with them. And then next we're using racial slurs and other degrading behavior towards another neighbor you know a easy way to see it politics you know you got the right versus the left and all that 
Uh, that's a, that's going to be a whole other you know sermon for another day. But um, you know, an- another good example here is you know it, it's been over a century now since World War One, and we're just shy of a century since World War Two. Yet the slurs that were used then are still used to put down people in those countries. You know, um, out of pure ignorance. Uh, you know, at, at best. You know, you know, people that we're not in conflict with, you know, people who are allies, you know, just from a purely political standpoint. But then secondly, you know, our fellow man. Um, but we're still using these these terms, you know, to describe people in various countries, um, you know, and, and that's the same for every conflict, even coming up to our most recent conflicts. You know, um, and you think about uh, Operation Enduring Freedom, Operation Iraqi Freedom, the terms used and the lenses um, that are used to look at people in these countries, you know, they're, they're twisted, and, you know, they're, they're, they're poisoned. That, you know, they're, they're very much, you know, um, in a bad place. Uh, you know, instead of sharing God's love and mercy and, you know, exuding his light, um, you know, for for the people here that need it the most, these people are being shunned like lepers, you know, unclean, unclean. You know, does that sound familiar? You know, it should. Yet the example that Jesus gave was totally different than how people are acting today and the way people are reaching out today. You know, what did Jesus do? He walked among people. He went out among the lepers, among the sinners, you know. You know, put a little perspective here, especially you know current day, because when it comes to these things, one of the 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 biggest issues that you that um that we see out there, that you hear uh, in TV and video games, and you know, and all this other you know every other form of entertainment, you know, is is putting down Muslims now. Millions of Muslims and other people, they convert to Christianity every single year. Imagine how many more people would be brought into a relationship with Jesus if they weren't continually marginalized, pushed to the side, degraded, you know, and treated poorly by Christians. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 22, the Bible says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Now, depending on your translation, that might even say 70 times seven. Um, But the point is, you know, oftentimes we make up, you know, these excuses to try to villainize these other people to take away from their humanity. You know, it's like, oh, you know, World War II, oh, the, the, you know, the Japanese attacked us, but we dropped the bomb. We won. Ha, ha, ha. You know, and coming all the way through, well, you know, they, you know, 9-11, they attacked us. And, you know, that's used to justify treating everyone like crud. You know, not just the people that we were at conflict with, but as a whole, as an entire country, you know, and, and those who have been there, you know, well, they could tell you there are really good people there who, you know, they're victims of where they live. 
they're victimized daily. I mean, you can turn on the news and you know or research it, and you'll see it very clearly. You know, we have, we have interpreters there that we worked with, and other people with various jobs and everything. Where you know, there are absolute wonderful people. You know, um, they're great people. They you know that need to be you know shown the love of Jesus. You know, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Your action and your inaction can save or turn away somebody. What people, what a lot of people will see, and all that they will ever know is what they see in us and how we treat them and how we treat others. All right? So, you know, just as as much as, you know, people want to build this stuff up and be like, oh, well, it's their fault. Hey, you know what? You're going to grow an adult. You're not a toddler anymore. It's time to put away childish things and just... You know, we, we, we need to be just. We need to forgive unconditionally. As Jesus said, don't even keep count. Just forgive. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, just forgive. Plain and simple. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know? Um, and part of that, in doing so, just as we forgive others, we need to forgive ourselves. No, that is another huge barrier that many need to overcome is to forgive yourself. See, we want others to forgive us. We want, matter of fact, we want everyone to forgive us. We even want God to forgive us. Yet we won't even forgive ourselves. We're our own worst enemy. We're our own worst critic. Even worse, we pass judgment on ourselves. That we shouldn't, and we cling to it like it's this, you know, biblical truth, even though it's not. We cling to this when we should be letting it go. You know, if you turn to Romans chapter 8, in Romans chapter 8, we're going to look specifically at verses 1 through 2 here. Um, Romans 8, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those of you who are in. Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Free. Now, you know, the, the moment you fully accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the verdict for your life, it changes from guilty to not guilty. See, and the Holy Spirit is with us and helps us in, in our daily life and our daily walk as Christians. You see, we're like I said, you know, we're free. The Bible tells us we are free. We're not paroled, we're not on probation. We are free. The chains are broken. Jesus is the chain breaker. You know, um, and the Bible tells us in John 8, verse 36. So John chapter 8, verse 36, the Bible says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. When the Father says you're forgiven, you are forgiven. End of story. Forgiven. Not just for your current state. You're free from all the sins of your past. 
We all know that we sin. We all know that we fall short. None of us is perfect. There's only been one perfect person, and that was Jesus. That is Jesus. We all fall short. So when we go and we accept Jesus, and he sets us free and says, you're free, that's the end of it. There's no more debate. It's done. See, we all need to stop getting hung up on ourselves. Jesus already told us the way, and it's through him. We can't reach him when we're blinded by our own mess. We need to stop creating barriers and building these walls that we can't see through, we can't see around, and we can't see over, let alone climb over, walk through, or get you know get around. Instead, we need to listen to that faithful donkey that's trying to save us. And in our lives, that's the Holy Spirit. It's convicting us and telling us, hey, don't do that. You're better than this. We need to stop being the jackass. Thank you for tuning in to Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can find us on Facebook at Be The Light Sanctuary, or you can visit our website at BeTheLightSanctuary.org. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. God bless.